All right, well, I'm here to confirm for you not one, but two bombshells happening in the pinball world. Two luminaries, two of the biggest figures in all of pinball have done the following. Welcome to episode 603 of Canada's Pinball Podcast, your favorite pinball podcast. Get your twippy votes ready, people. So I have confirmation that Lyman Sheets is no longer at Stern Pinball. Not only that, he has not been at Stern Pinball for the last eight to nine months, people. And this has been a dirty little secret in the pinball world that other people knew about and nobody shared with you. So I'm here to tell you he is no longer at Stern Pinball. Now, here's where it gets interesting and the pieces of the puzzle line up so nicely. So ask yourself, which game is about to come out? Which game really needs a code update? Which game have you been waiting a really long time on? Which coder takes a really long time before he's finished and polished a game? So if you're wondering why Cactus Canyon Remake has taken so damn long, and you're waiting to see if Cactus Canyon is going to be a game you're going to want because you know it's got all the toys, you know it's going to have the most impressive topper, you know the game is going to be loaded, but what if Cactus Canyon Remake has a guy named Lyman Sheets doing the code update on it? Oh, and that would have been a beautiful what if, right? Everybody would love Lyman Sheets to do Cactus Canyon remake code updates. So here's the thing. I did this podcast. I put it up and I got hit up by my friend over at Chicago Gaming Company, Ryan White. And he said, this is not accurate. I wish I had Lyman Sheets on board, but can you please retract that statement? And so I'm here to do an updated show and to tell you that I'm hearing from CGC that Lyman Sheets is not on board. But here's the big but. And I did this great 10-minute explanation about why I think Lyman Sheets is the greatest coder in the history of pinball, and I think him joining CGC would be an incredible move for both parties involved, but here is the but. I am hearing that Lyman has been out at Stern for eight to nine months. Now, if he is not at CGC, where do you think Lyman Sheets is at today? Here is my complete speculative guess. So here's my guess, because I know for a while that Planetary Pinball is planning to do code updates on some of the classic machines that Planetary Pinball owns the rights to. And if you're wondering which machines does Planetary Pinball own the rights to, pretty much all of the Bally Williams classics that you love. When Chicago Gaming Company makes a game, I believe they license the rights to make those games from Rick over at Planetary Pinball. So here is my guess. My guess is that Lyman Sheets is joining Planetary Pinball to help them with code updates on all of those classic Bally Williams games. And if there is one coder in all of pinball, that has the permission and the right and the credibility to touch the old classics, it's Lyman Sheets. He is the only one that you would feel good about meddling with 
all of the masterpieces from the mid-90s. So that is my guess that Lyman Sheets has been over at Planetary Pinball and he will be lending his coding efforts to Rick and PPS as they plan to launch updated code versions of the classic games that you know and love. And here's the other very interesting part. They're going to update the code on these games and they are going to sell the updated code as an upgraded kit for these machines. And so if you start to think about it, how cool would it be if you could upgrade the display, put a new code in the game, maybe there's some new GI lighting and whatnot, a new topper, but all of a sudden, instead of having to remake the entire game, what if they found a way to just contemporize some of the games that you love? So if you currently have a Circus Voltaire or a Theater of Magic or a Toten, you can now buy a new coded version of that game to install into your current machine. And I don't think there's a Toten owner out there or a Theater of Magic owner that wouldn't love to add additional elements to bring those games up to the modern standard we're used to of games that are very deep. Because if you own a machine, you want that machine to have some depth to it. And there's nobody better at making a game deep, but not too complex, right? Keith is a little too complex over at JJP, right? You need a Bible and a whole handbook to figure out how to play his games. But Lyman is perfect. He'd be the perfect guy to go after those old games and add more depth to them. Because back in the day, nobody played machines 5,000 times, right? Nobody owned them in their houses. And for homeowners who want to play these games hundreds, if not thousands of times, Lyman Sheets would be the perfect person to make those games deeper so you would never want to get rid of them, give you stuff to strive for, right, if you own those machines. So do you think Lyman Sheets is over at PPS? So that is the thing that I am speculating as to be where he's gone if he's left Stern Pinball eight to nine months ago. The other thing I'm hearing is that some of these titles, some of the licensing rights to some of these games has been acquired by no other than Nick Parks. So Nick Parks, the CEO of the pinball company, who I interviewed on this show a few years ago, and he gave us the bombshell news. It was Nick that told everybody what the bomb is on a Stern machine. He's the one who let the cat out of the bag that it cost Stern about $3,000 to make a game. And he told us that because he went to Stern about the potential of making a machine. And that's what they told him it cost to make a game. Now, I heard that Nick Parks also has acquired some of the licenses to these Bally Williams classic titles. I think he might have Toten. I think he might have another one of John Papaduke's games. And I think he might have stuff like Whitewater. I'm not sure exactly what games he has. But Nick Parks over at the pinball company also has acquired the rights I'm hearing to some of these Bally Williams classics. And so maybe he's also working with Lyman Sheets to get some of these updated versions and get these kits out to people in the world. It makes total sense. It's long overdue. You don't have to remake the entire game to bring the game up to the modern standards we're used to in the pinball world. You know, because the marketplace has shifted and collectors want games that they want to hold on to forever. And let's face it, they did not code these games back in the mid-90s to be inside people's homes. They just didn't. And a lot of these games could have some more in them 
that would create even more magical pinball moments. And again, I think only Lyman Sheets could take these great classics and make them even better masterpieces, right? If I were to say to you, who would you let add additional code to Medieval Madness or Attack from Mars or Toadin or Circus Voltaire or Indiana Jones? Who's the guy that you would let touch those classics. Now, some of you out there might say, don't touch them at all, but if there's one person who knows how to do it and do it right and has never failed at making a game incredible, it's Lyman Sheets. So we'll see if any of this comes true. Now I'm gonna air for you what I recorded earlier today, which is the other major rumor that is happening in the pinball world, which I'm also hearing is confirmed and we're gonna hear about it on Monday. So we'll find out in a couple days. So let me now air the second major bombshell happening in pinball. All right, so what's the other big bombshell happening in the world, Canada in Ireland? You're waking up to this, people, because it's 9 a.m. here, which means it's 4 a.m. in New York City, and you're not ready for Canada to be five hours ahead of the news. Okay, so here we go. The other major bombshell happening in pinball, and this is the crazy part because I got the last name sent to me, and then I got the company he's starting out on Monday but I'm gonna assume it is no other than the man I've been ragging on for not putting a lot into his games, a man I've ragged on for ruining Star Wars and Game of Thrones and Led Zeppelin, a man who can't seem to get enough money to put enough magic into his games. The last time they gave this man some real money to work with, he knocked it out of the park with a game you know as ACDC. If you don't know the story behind ACDC, it happened after Jack Guinari showed Wizard of Oz. And Steve Ritchie went back to Stern and said, let me show what I can do. And they let him show the world what he could do. And he came back with ACDC. And that's why Gary loosened the purse strings for just one game for him. And look what happened. And so I'm hearing that no other than Mr. Steve Ritchie is also jumping from Stern Pinball. Now, again, I got Ritchie sent to me. It didn't say Steve or Mark, but I have to assume that this is Steve Ritchie who is leaving Stern Pinball. The king, the king wants to get his throne back. The king wants to show the world he's got one more, maybe more than one, but one more big thing in him. And so I am hearing that Steve Ritchie, I'm sorry, I got to I got to clarify this. I'm hearing that one of the Ritchies is leaving and heading over and it will be announced on Monday that a Ritchie, probably Steve, will be starting over at Jersey Jack Pinball. Let's think about this. What? How is anyone going over to Jersey Jack Pinball right now? Like, what's the schedule like, right? They've got Toy Story next. They've got to build all these Guns N' Roses. But if there is a place you want to go to get a high bomb, to be able to put as much as you want into your machine, no one would argue that the home for you would be Jersey Jack Pinball. So I expect to hear on Monday that a Richie, probably Steve, will start working at Jersey Jack Pinball on Monday. Now, the sad news is, is when Jersey Jack announces this, all of the commentary is going to be, 
Well, are you going to fix the play fields? Are you going to fix the play? Like nothing they say now, nothing they say now is going to avoid that topic. They need to get in front of that topic because I don't care if Steve Ritchie's making games over there or Pat Lawler or Eric Minier. No one cares anymore. Jersey Jack, we want to know, when are you going to fix the quality? Do you think hiring Steve Ritchie or Mark Ritchie is going to improve the playfield quality? No, that's not the major announcement people want to hear over at Jersey Jack Pinball. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. If Steve Ritchie, the king, is leaving Stern Pinball for Jersey Jack Pinball, what does that mean? And will we see anything anytime soon? You know, when I look at this news and I look at Steve leaving, clearly he was probably a little bit upset about the reaction from Led Zeppelin, and he's probably heard all the arrows and criticisms about his recent titles. So it makes sense to go over there, and obviously the Abbas family has some good coin, they've got some money, they've got some opportunity to get some new people in there. But my thing is this, is Jersey Jack's pinball problem right now is not a design problem, right? You've got Eric Minier and you've got Pat Lawler. Their problem is manufacturing. They can't get games out the door. They don't have two lines. And so it's a really interesting move because if Steve Ritchie joins JJP, what year do you think will finally get anything he works on out the door, right? It's not going to be this year. It's not going to be next year. It'll probably be three years from now before anything Steve Ritchie touches sees the light of day. Because of manufacturing, right? If Jersey Jack Pinball had two to three lines and they could actually get games out the door and we saw a lot more progress in that area, then it would be different. But my concern for Jersey Jack Pinball is that. The other thing is this, is Eric Minier's been done with Guns N' Roses for a while. Then Pat Lawler is working on Toy Story forever and a day. And you have to assume that Eric Minier was next in line to get a game out the door, not Mr. Steve Ritchie. So then the question becomes, is Eric staying put? Or maybe is Eric thinking about going somewhere else? And if Eric is staying put and working on the next game, then that means is his game going to have to go after Richie's or before, right? There's going to be some politics here because you've got some big juggernauts who are basically the old kings and curmudgeons of pinball in Pat Lawler and Steve Ritchie or maybe Mark Ritchie. I'm just putting it out there because I only got the last name. But you see what I'm saying? I think there's going to be a lot of politics because three major designers over at Jersey Jack Pinball, there's no way to skin it. It's way too many cooks in the kitchen. See, what I think would happen was this. I think he was just fed up being at Stern and he just wants to go somewhere else and he's going somewhere else. But I just think there's going to be such a backlog in games to be made. And I think Jersey Jack Pinball just doesn't have efficiencies. So dropping a new designer into the Jersey Jack system is not a solution because I look at this like both Pat Lawler and Steve Ritchie should probably retire. That's my point of view on both of them. I think they both should probably retire. And I think if there was anyone Jersey Jack Pinball should go grab from Stern Pinball, it's Keith Elwin. Now, if you had Eric and Elwin in the same company, then we're talking one, two, knockout punches every single time. Jersey Jack Pinball should have two lines, those two guys in-house, and they would be crushing it. But they're never going to get there. They're never going to get there. And that's my thing is like, it seems like a huge move when you think about it, right? But then you got to realize that a designer is at the mercy of the manufacturing wing of the company. I mean, look at Deep Root Pinball. Look no further than Deep Root, right? 
All they did was design stuff for years. They had no manufacturing lined up. So it doesn't matter how many games Jersey Jack Pinball can design. The question is, how many games can they make? How many lines can they put out there in the world every year? And they've shown us in the entire history of the company, they have been unable to be efficient with manufacturing and they've also struggled. They've absolutely struggled to get the quality to where it needs to be. Again, this news is going to hit. Jersey Jack's going to be mad that Canada spoiled the news. And Jersey Jack's going to be upset that Canada's putting this in the context of where their real problems lie. Hiring a new designer is not a solution Jersey Jack needs. Jersey Jack needs production to ramp up and they need their quality to ramp up and they need their customer service to be improved upon. And they're going to learn a lesson when they reveal this news, right? They're going to learn a lesson in marketing and communications, which is what I do for a living. If you don't put out the fire that is happening, nobody cares about your other big news. Major billion dollar companies deal with this all the time. You have to solve the real problem of today before you announce your solutions for tomorrow, Jersey Jack. You don't get it yet. You're still not talking about quality issues. You're still not talking about the play fields unless Mr. Richie has figured out a miracle clear system that will never chip, pull, or crack, then this news, while exciting, is not going to make everybody be like Jersey Jack Pinball has turned a corner. Because again, it's like they're looking back. They're looking back. But look, Steve Ritchie is a great designer. Don't get me wrong. And I think the King has been hamstrung over at Stern for a very long time. They've been handing him their best IP, but they've handed him the best IP with a very low bomb. The more expensive the IP, the less money he got to put into the games, and it showed. And the feedback on his games has been pretty brutal. It's been pretty critical. He hasn't had the sales success that people thought, right? He hasn't had the love and adoration for his titles. And it hurts. It hurts when you design Star Wars or Game of Thrones, right? When Game of Thrones came out, remember everyone was like, this is the most hideous looking game ever. And all of that criticism, game after game after game, and ultimately the most celebrated thing that's happened on a Steve Ritchie game over the last four games, the most celebrated thing has been the Black Knight Topper, right? And that has to be so crushing to a man who wants to make a world under glass that the most celebrated thing is the damn thing that's sitting on top of the cabinet, which is the topper. And so now he will have his chance to have his high bomb. Now, will Jersey Jack be able to get him on the line and scheduled with a game anytime soon? I don't know, right? All these guys are designing games in their basements, but I hope the next game he designs is from the ground up. And it's not a reskin. It's not what they did with Willy Wonka where they turned Toy Story into Willy Wonka. Uh-oh, nobody wants to tell that story. Nobody wants to share how Toy Story was supposed to come out with the movie and it wasn't ready, so they quickly had to make Wonka to put it on the line. Nobody wants to tell the truth of how Willy Wonka came about, but Kaneda just told you, whoops. All right, so those are the two big bombshells. Take it, run with it, go to Pinside, get your Twippy votes ready. And this is why it pays to have absolutely zero friends in the pinball industry because I can say stuff like this. So ladies and gentlemen, Canada Pinball Podcast, happy to bring it to you. Episode 603. 
Thank you, everybody, for your contributions. We are up to like 127 people are contributing, which is more people than Raza's sold. I love that we are over that amount. I love that more people have invested in Canada than Deep Root Pinball. That is like the greatest accomplishment of my tiny little pinball career. Have a great day, everybody. Ciao.